all the fame. Take all the honors of your name, mighty God. Today it is you I proclaim, mighty God. There is not any strength in me, almighty God. But only that which comes from you, O Lord, will strengthen me to speak of you, O Lord Almighty. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As the mystery of your word, Almighty God, is spoken, I pray that liberation will be understood. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray, mighty God, that we shall be set ablaze, Almighty God, for you. That, mighty God, our understanding of your purpose and plan for us, Almighty God, shall be different. And how we look at ourselves, Almighty God, shall be dependent on how you look at us, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. Once more, Lord, we say, may glory, honor, fame, power, Almighty God, be ascribed to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This time we're looking at a theme, identity in Christ. And... This is something that is very cardinal for us as believers. Our identity. In most, cases, in most cases, our identity will describe how we are looked at and also how we perceive ourselves. Our identity as believer gives us strength in times of calamities. Whom we have identified with, if we have identified with God, we are given strength in times of trouble, in times of calamity and in all circumstances basically without a, a right sense of identity we lose confidence wherever we go but when we know whom has called us and when, when we know whom we identify with we can stand in every place somebody said a man that kneels down before God can stand before any man amen and I just hope that as we discover our identity, we shall not be intimidated by any kind of audience or circumstance in life. Hallelujah. In this day, we are looking at the mystery of the gospel. And it is from this mystery of the gospel that we will be able to understand what is our identity as believers. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 3. Ephesians, chapter number 3. From this one to six. Ephesians chapter number three, from this one to six. I'm reading from the ESV and my Bible records. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I'll read the sixth number again. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The book of Ephesians, brothers and sisters, 
shows God's plan for all humanity. The Jews were so confident that they were the only ones included in God's plan until Jesus displayed by his death for all men that even Gentiles were included. And the book of Ephesians addresses some of those issues that were somehow a hindrance to the Gentiles understanding how they are a part of the plan of God in salvation. So we can say that the book of Ephesians shows the scope of God, the eternal scope of God for all humanity in eternity. Sometimes in the same book of Ephesians, the plan of God is, is expressed as the mystery hidden or the mystery of God according to Ephesians chapter number 3. If you read from this number, from this number 2 up to 3. He says, assuming that you, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was known to me by revelation as I have briefly written. This number four says, when you read this, you can, you, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to, other, to, 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 to men of, in other generations as it has been revealed to his apostles and his prophets. So this is a mystery of God that was revealed in Christ Jesus. The mystery of God gives us our identity in Christ, as we will be able to note. In chapter number 2, verse number 11 up to 22, you realize something that Paul is trying to say. He's trying to say that we are outside the commonwealth of Israel, not included in the commonwealth of Israel. We are not heirs according to the law that they were living by. The Gentiles were excluded. And for you as a Gentile and me, we are not considered as anything to them. And this kind of habit went on. They laid painful burdens upon the Gentiles because they thought they were the only ones who were, who were special in the eyes of God. For a Gentile to receive the promises of God, they said circumcised. For a Gentile to participate in the kingdom of God, they gave various other conditions that were by the law. And Paul is trying to here address those situations, telling the people that you're not saved by working out the things in the law, but by the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we realize that from the mystery of God, which is the plan of God, that all the Gentiles are a participant in God's plan, it gives us an identity in Christ. When we realize that we're not absentees in the plan of God, that God has considered every man who believes in Christ special, we'll be able to stand in all situations because we know we are special before the eyes of God. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor you're a special person. I can't hear that. Hallelujah. You and I have an identity in Christ through God's gospel. Verse number 6 says, this, is the, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel of God. And so, brothers and sisters, this mystery has certain implications that we have to understand about ourselves as believers. The mystery of God while other people were thinking we are excluded because they thought of themselves being special, God in his grace considered us 
as a part of his plan. We are part of the plan that is bigger than us. The plan of God. And brothers and sisters, this mystery implies certain things to our lives. The first implication we note in this number six is that we are heirs of God. Like I've already alluded, when you read number chapter number two, this number eleven of if the same Ephesians says, therefore remember that at one time Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember, you were at the time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in, Je in Christ Jesus, you who were, who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He's explaining it clearly that at one time, because Christ had not yet died for us, we were considered as outsiders. We are outcasts before God. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, we became part of the commonwealth of Israel. And here he's calling us heirs of God. What does that mean, brothers and sisters? We are no longer foreigners before God. We can come before God and pray just like the Israelites prayed and God can answer. We experience the same kind of blessing that the Israelites are experiencing. We are no longer excluded in God's plan. We are a part of a plan that is bigger than our lives and ourselves. And so we are co-heirs with Christ according to Romans 8, 8 verse 17. None of us is useless. None of us is excluded. Those who believe in Christ are heirs together with Christ. Hallelujah. When we read in Galatians chapter number 26, let's just go to Galatians chapter number 23, verse 26. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 26. There's something that we, is worth noting from there. I'm trying to run against time so that we have time for prayer. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 26 to 29. The Bible records for in christ jesus you are all sons of god through faith for as many of you as were baptized into christ have put on christ there is neither jew nor greek there is neither slave nor free there is no male nor or female for you are you are all one in christ jesus and if you are christ then you are abraham's offering Heirs according to promise. Hallelujah. Amen. Our relationship with Christ, the death of Christ has brought us closer to God than ever before. Today we can have boldness, we can have confidence to come in the presence of God because of the work of Christ on the cross. So I want to encourage each and everyone here. You might have done something wrong, but remember, the blood of Christ qualifies us to come in the, in the presence of God. It's the blood of Christ that merits us before God. There's nothing within us that is special except what Christ has done for us. And therefore we can have this confidence that indeed we are the children of God. Our identity is therefore heirs of God in Christ. Hallelujah. The second implication that is found is that we are members of the body of Christ. Imagine those of us who are excluded. 
Those of us who are considered nothing, today we have been called a people of God. Today we are called saints. Today we are called God's holy people because of the work that Christ did on the cross. The Bible says the hostility that was there was broken and we are brought together, Jews, Gentiles, all one in Christ. What greater privilege is there than for us to be associated with a name above every other name? To be called God's children, to be called his own, to be called a part of God's big family, members of the household of God. And if we are members of the house of God, or, 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 uh, the household of God, then we are able to ask of anything in, the, in our father's household with full confidence that God is going to answer. The book of Romans expresses it clearly, that if God was able to sacrifice his only son, what more these other things? Today we may be worried about fees, but if God was able to sacrifice his only begotten son, what about fees? What about paper and coins? God is able to supply because we are members of his household, and therefore we are able to lay whatever claim on what God has for us. Hallelujah. When you read the same Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 22, it clearly demonstrates this. We have the courage nowadays. We have the boldness to come before God because of the work that was done on, cross, on the cross by Christ. It says in verse number 19, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the house of God, of, of, of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure is being built together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. Brothers and sisters, we are no longer condemned. We are no longer excluded in the plan of God. We are justified by the blood of Christ. We are made righteous by the blood of Christ. We have been privileged by the blood of Christ. There is no greater opportunity, no greater blessing than to be called children of God, members of the household of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor you are a member of the household of God. Amen. That is very weak. You are a member of the household of God. If your theology is hindering you from saying it, tell your neighbor you are a member of the household of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The third implication, brothers and sisters, we are partakers of the promise of God. And in verse number six, it says, chapter number three, verse six, it says, this, is the, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. When we are considered nothing before people, when those who are feeling special had considered us useless, God had a special plan for each one of us. And the plan was unveiled in Christ. And at this time, brothers and sisters, I want to call, if there is anybody who does not know Christ, if you haven't received Christ as a Lord and Savior, this is the time you can be a part of what God is doing. The blood of Christ, the death of Christ on the cross, has brought us near before God. We can partake of the promises of God. 
And if God has promised, it means God has made a pledge to us. In Christ, God has pledged upon himself. All the promises of God, we can access them because of the blood that Christ shed on the cross. In Hebrews chapter number 10, this 19 to 24, it talks about how the blood of Christ made a way for us through the veil. And now we can enter the Holy of Holies with confidence because God has made it possible in Christ. The veil that was covering is torn and we can access God. We unholy men can rest in the hands of the Holy God knowing that a merciful God has sacrificed his only son for our sins. And today we can partake of these blessings that he has promised for us because of what Christ has done. Ephesians 2, verse 12 and, and, and verse number 13 say that these promises, we can access them, brothers and sisters, because of what Christ has done. Hallelujah. Romans 4, verse 13. Let's just turn to Romans 4, verse 13. I'm about to conclude. And this number 14. It says, for the, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And if you follow up the book of Romans, it will, it will show you that when it says righteousness in, through faith, it is talking about a faith in Christ Jesus. There is no sacrifice that we can make. There is nothing that we can pay that will be able to acquire the promises of God except by faith in Christ Jesus alone. The price was paid. We are no longer debtors. We have been redeemed by God. We have been justified by God. We are part of the family of God. And therefore, whatever God has kept for sons and daughters, we can partake. What are the implications, brethren, of us being members of the body of Christ, of us being partakers of the promises of God, of us being heirs of God? We have utter confidence. We are no longer condemned. Before God, we stand as innocents, not because we have done some right, but because Christ died for us and because of the death of Christ, we can access all that God has packaged for us. Are you worried about school fees? If God was able to sacrifice his only son, what is paper to God? What is coin to God? You may be struggling with another issue, but what is it before God who is able to sacrifice the best that he has for sinful man like us? God is able to give us all that we need if he's able to give us all that he needs, his son. Hallelujah. So as we pray today, let us have the confidence, the courage, the boldness, knowing that God has put a plan that we are in. We do not deserve to be part of, but he has included us because of the blood of his son. Amen. May God bless you all. Shall we pray? Lord, we are part of the commonwealth of Israel by the blood of your Son. 
We have access to you, mighty Father, and to all your promises. We are heirs and joint heirs with Christ, inheriting what you meant, almighty God, for your only Son. We, sinful mortals, O Lord, now can say with confidence that we are also heirs. Thank you, mighty God, for the promises in Christ. And by faith, mighty God, we receive all that you have promised in your word. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.